Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys. We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? More names. It was all descendants of Benjamin. The it end. was. That's yeah, it was it. a really short chapter, actually. Yeah. So um, we don't have too much to go is the, the bright side of this. Of the names. Of the names. Of right. the names. Yeah, we're, we're going to... I think you and I, we're going to sit here and we're going to bust out some episodes because we want to get through it ourselves. Yeah, we're going to do but, a uh, record them all in one day kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to still sparse them out every day. So. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's a few more days. A few more days. A couple, a couple more days at least. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, so anyway, yesterday was First Chronicles chapter 8. 
Sure as fuck was. And today we're getting into... First Chronicles chapter 9. Let's do this. Okie dokie. Hey wife. Yes husband. Did you know that we are now on Patreon? Um, yes because you told me but also no, tell me more. <laughs> So we're on Patreon now. Are we? We are. And our supporters can go there and support us. And we have multiple levels all the way up to You Killed God. That sounds really drastic and escalated quickly-ish. Well, no, there's multiple levels before there. So it it escalates on a sliding scale of, you know, cheap to to not cheap. But, you know, we can definitely use any amount. So, like, any support is always appreciated. So what... Exactly is Patreon. It's a place where you can show your support for our podcast. And Just our podcast? Any podcast or any <laughs> performer. But, you know, we're the ones that, you know, you're listening to right now. So maybe you should, uh, you know, support us. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But we love you anyway. So all you got to do is go to Patreon. Look up Sacrilegious Discourse. It's actually patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse is our actual main page there. So head on over and send us some love. Yeah. 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, First Chronicles chapter 9. All right. I think we've got a little bit of story oh. here, maybe. In with the words. Okay. Okay. All right. So all Israel was listed in the gene- genealogical records. All. All of them. It all Israel. They didn't miss anybody. In the returning exiles, the people of Judah were exiled to Babylon because they were unfaithful to the Lord. For hundreds of years. Hundreds. Hundreds. Like centuries. Yeah. Yeah. The first of the exiles to return to their property in their former towns were priests, Levites, temple servants, and other Israelites. It, did the land just stay vacant the entire time? I doubt it. Was it like it. just waiting for their return? I doubt it. Okay. I mean, it's just interesting, like, the way they're saying this, like, they're not really explaining how they came back. Right. Like They're just saying they returned, like, oh, like, look at our empty house. It's great to be back. Yay. Yeah. Oh, remember we used to walk down this street? Right, it's right. It's still here. Yeah, it's still, it's still here. Nothing, ha- nothing happened. It's all the same. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Some of the people from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manasseh came and settled in Jerusalem. Okay. They settled there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One family that returned was that of Uthai, son of Amahud, son of Omri, son of Imri, son of Bani, some of, a descendant of Perez, son of Judah. Okay. All right? Yeah. So Judah's descendant. Of, yeah, right. They could have just summarized that with right, yeah. one, a descendant of Judah. Right. 
Others returned from the Shilonite clan, including Uzziah, the oldest, and his sons. From the Zarahite clan, Jeul returned with his relatives. In all, 690 families from the tribe of Judah returned. That's it? Hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, I guess a lot, but... 690 families. Right. I guess families were pretty big back then, too. I mean, so. even if you just doubled that for their spouses, that's like um, 1,400, you know? Right, right. So, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Ish. Right. For an ish. exiled group of people. Sure, sure. From the tribe of Benjamin came Salu, sons of... Or son of, he's just one person. Okay. Son of Meshulam, son of Hadaviah, son of Hasanua, Ibnea, son of Jerohom. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. Jerohom. <laughs> They're really impressed with how they can trace lineage back. Mm hmm. Well, it's very important to them. I'm, yeah, I guess it is. To keep it straight, um, to show the direct line from David. I guess, I guess. Couldn't they just say it's a direct line? Like, just leave but it at that? But to prove it, though. But it, do, but it doesn't really prove it now. Well, I mean, some families today are very excited about their lineage. Yeah. And they want to show proof. So, you know, they join Ancestry.com and they make those family trees. And... So you're saying this is the original Ancestry.com, basically? Yeah, I am. Got it. I mean... It's easy for you to say that, like, this is boring and why was it important to them? Right. But people today are, like, so excited to show who they were related no, to. you're absolutely right. And you're absolutely right. not only that, but why do you want to keep your last name instead of change it? Because it's my last name. Right. But why is it important? Because of my family. I thought it wasn't important. It, it is. If lineage wasn't important to you, you wouldn't give a fuck about your last name. True. I guess you're right. See? Um, let's see. Elah, son of Uzi, son of Mikri, and Malashem, son of Shephtahai, Shephatahai, Shephatiah, that's yeah. it. Son of Reul, son of Ibnijah. Okay. I'm really kicking ass on these, huh? <laughs> You're doing the bang-up job. I'm bang doing better than you would. You definitely are. These men were all leaders of clans. Don't do it. I'm not doing it. And they were listed in their genealogical records. Okay. As I said yeah, already. Right. In all, 956 families from the tribe of Benjamin returned. Oh, That's I see. More. So, yeah, yeah, there's... I see. So yeah. You're going to list them off by family who's yeah. returning. Yeah. Among the priests who returned were Jedi... Jediah? That's it. Jediah, Jehorib, Jakin, Azariah, son of Hilkiah, Son of Meshulam, son of Zadok, son of Moriah, son of Ahitub. Azariah was the chief officer of the house of God. Okay. It's the chief officer. Yeah. Other returning priests were Adai. God damn it. Stop laughing at me. What? Son of Jeroam, son of Peshur, son of Milkja, and Masai, son of Adil. Son of Jezerah, son of Meshulam, son of Meshulam, son of Immer. Yeah, those guys. I got it. I got it. It's all clear now. Shut up. <laughs> I just can't with all these names. It's just, I mean, I understand why it was important to them. Like, I just defended why it was important to them. Yeah. But yeah. that is a separate subject of why it should be important to me. Right, right. And me tripping over this shit. Yeah. 
In all, 1,760 priests returned. Wow. They were heads of clans and very able men. Very able men. Yeah, Not just they able were. men, but very able. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were responsible for ministering at the house of God. Is that what the kids call it today? I mean, they were able to. I'm ministering. <laughs> able to. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the Levites who returned from Shemaiah, son of Heshub, son of Az. Azrakam, son of Hashabiah, a descendant of Merari, Bakbakar, Haresh, Galal, Mataniah, son of Micah, son of Zikri, son of Asaph, son of Obadiah, son of Shemaiah, son of Galal, son of Juduthan, and Berechiah, son of Asa, son of Elkanah, some who... I, I, Messed up. I was just like, my mouth was going ahead of me. <laughs> son of, son of, son of, son of. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Son of Elkanah, who <laughs> lived in the area of Natofa. Yeah. I, there, yeah. What? I don't know. I had something in my brain and then it left really quick. That happens to you. It didn't stay there very long. No. It, and I, I just felt like I had to say something, like I had to interject something. So I think my mouth started moving before. My brain fully, like, correlated a thought. Kind of like how my mouth kept moving with son of, son of, son yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, rein it in. Yeah. The gatekeepers who returned were Shalom, Akub, Talman, Ahayim, and their relatives. Shalom was the chief gatekeeper. And gatekeepers must have been a really important job. They needed a key master. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> Prior to this time, they were responsible for the king's gate on the east side. Eastside gang, what? <laughs> These men served as gatekeepers for the camps of the Levites. Okay. Shalom was the son of Kor, a descendant of Abasaph, son from the clan of Korah. He and his relatives, the Korahites, were responsible for guarding the entrance to the sanctuary, just as their ancestors had guarded the tabernacle What's the difference in the camp a, of the Lord. What's the difference between a gatekeeper and somebody guarding the entrance to a you know the place? Um, the entrance to the house might not be the same as the gate to the lands. Okay. I just wonder. Is my like, guess. I just wonder what the different distinction is between those functions. That's all. I'm, I'm going to guess that one is the entrance to the land and one is the entrance to the house proper. Got it. Okay. Like the grounds. Sure. Versus the building. Okay. Phineas, son of Eleazar, had been in charge of the gatekeepers in earlier times, and the Lord had been with him. I said that, like, as though I know what I'm talking about, and <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. Like, that's just my guess. Right. No, I gotcha. And later, Zechariah, son of Mishalim, was responsible for guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. Okay. In all, there were 212 gatekeepers in those days, mm. and they were listed according to the genealogies in their villages. It's a lot of gates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so many gates. Mm -hmm. David and Samuel the seer had appointed their ancestors because they were reliable men. Ah. But were they able? I don't know. They were reliable, but were they able? Well, reliable is one, one step, you know. Removed? From, it's just, you know, at least they're reliable. Right. They'll show up, you know. So if they're able, that means that they're reliable and able? Maybe, but able doesn't necessarily mean reliable. Oh, so... It means they're able. So, so it's not a Venn... It would be better if you were reliable and able, I think. I was looking for a hierarchy of, like, each step up the chain includes all of the things beneath it. Right, right. But you're saying it's more like a Venn diagram where sometimes those things overlap. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Okay. Yeah. The ones that are reliable are sometimes able. 
And sometimes the ones that are able are also reliable. And But those, maybe sometimes there's people that are neither, and then they... They're not in the circles. Right, they're not in the circles. So why are we even talking about them? I don't know. I was dumb They're probably at the barley party. <laughs> <laughs> These gatekeepers and their descendants by their divisions were responsible for guarding the entrance to the house of the Lord when that house was a tent. Remember when the, the tabernacle you mean? Remember when the house was just a tent? I do. It was the tabernacle. Yeah. The gatekeepers were stationed on all four sides, east, west, north, and south. South. Yeah, go yeah, figure. All four. All four. All four. But not southwest or northeast. No, not those ones. Right. What are those? cardinal directions or some shit like that i don't remember oh me neither i'd have to look it up yeah their relatives in the villages came regularly to share their duties for seven day periods the four chief gatekeepers all levites were trusted officials for they were responsible for the rooms and treasuries at the house of god they would spend the night around the house of god since it was their duty to guard it and to open the gates every morning mm. I hope okay. they had, like, cots right? pillows and stuff. I mean, maybe they were supposed to stay awake all night to guard it. Like, maybe they took... Well, they would have taken shifts, probably. Oh, that's true. I would need a place Although, to... there were some t- points in the, the Bible where people were just, like, always... Like, they slept... Remember when, uh, was it David that taunted the people mm-hmm. and, like, by going into their camp because they were all asleep? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes guards just, they just go to sleep, you know? Sometimes guards sleep. Like, fuck it. We'll hear if somebody walks up. If I'm going to guard something, I need a place to plug in my CPAP machine. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Some of the gatekeepers were assigned to care for the various articles used in worship. They checked them in and out to avoid any loss. Damn. Got it. Yeah. They were like library cards back in the right, day. Right, right. Others were responsible for the furnishings, the items in the sanctuary, and the supplies, such as choice flour, wine, olive oil, frankincense, and spices. But mm-hmm. it was the priests who blended the spices. Don't you touch the fucking spices. You just make sure they're there. Yeah, it's the priest's job. Mattahiah, a Levite and the oldest son of Shalom the Korahite, was entrusted with baking the bread used in the offerings. You bake that bread. It's too bad they didn't have bread machines. Right? Nobody would have... It's so much easier for them. Just throw that shit in that machine and push the button and call it done. I mean, it's not quite that simple, I found out, but... You know, you, it's much simpler. You made some really good bread. But I did. then you tried to... I tried um, to wing it. You tried to wing it, and you fucked that shit I all up. I fucked it up bad. Did I think you probably broke the machine, honestly. You think so? I don't know. You haven't used it since. Well... <laughs> <laughs> you shot your confidence? Right, yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did get the bread maker from a thrift store, so there's we did. that. We did. It was brand new. It was, like, almost still it in packaging. still in the box, yeah. yeah. And you, the first couple batches were really good until you went off direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we all know what happens when you go off direction. You end up with uh, cinnamon in your potatoes. Oh, God, that made me cry when you did that. <laughs> I'm sure I've told this story before, but there was a time when I was just craving potatoes so bad. Like, I just needed that salty, yummy potato I think in you my were mouth. sick, too. I was sick. I just, I needed potatoes. It was the only thing that sounded good. And you brought them to me. And I was like, what is this on it? And you were like, just try it. (laughs) And I was like, no. And it was cinnamon. And it tasted like shit. And I cried. 
I cried because it was the only thing but I wanted. But you don't, you don't understand. I, there was cinnamon on it because I fucked up so many other things. I was trying to cover up the rest of the crap that I fucked up. I did understand. and It was so bad. And I still yell at you like, to this day. There were so many that spices in that thing that I put together mm-hmm. that it was probably more spice than it was food. Yeah, and I was like, why can't you just cook the fucking potatoes? Nobody told you to get fancy with it. I'm just, I, was, I was trying to make something, you know. Just don't. You don't know enough. Special. But you don't know enough about how in that spices. moment, in that moment, I thought I was a gourmet chef. Okay, just I mean, I don't know what else to say. That's what I thought. It's I just, thought I could handle it. I I understand that you thought that, but you're you're stupid. You were wrong. And have I tried to put cinnamon in potatoes since? No, but you did similar when you tried to um, get jiggy with the fucking bread maker. Well, yeah. You went off direction. But I didn't try to serve that to anybody. No. <laughs> no, he threw that away. And you were like, well, I fucked that up. Right, right. Yeah, just some people are meant to experiment in the kitchen and some people are meant to follow directions. Mm-hmm. You are meant to follow directions, my son. Right. Don't don't get crazy in the kitchen. Right, right. But you know what? When you do follow the directions, you make really good food. I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I can follow those directions real good. Mm-hmm. You do. It's tasty. Yeah. And some members of the clan of Kohath were in charge of preparing the bread to be set on the table each Sabbath day. The musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. Wow. Man, they were like 24-hour That kind of sucks, right? That, I like, can't. I guess you can't have a family and stuff? Or like, what's... Right? Like, oh, I gotta go. Sorry. Right? I'm, I'm literally... No, they sleep there. So, like, they literally live there. That's crazy. Yeah. All these men lived in Jerusalem. They were the heads of Levite families. At, I mean, they had families. Well, some of them didn't necessarily... I mean, they were talking about other people just than just the musicians, so... And were listed as prominent leaders in their genealogical records. Yeah. That's just crazy. It is crazy. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't either. So we're moving into a next section. We're going to talk about Saul. Okay? Okay. J.L., the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. <laughs> his wife's name was Makah, and his oldest son was named Abdon. J.L.'s other sons were Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gedor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. I can't tell sometimes whether these are the same names or just, like, the same people. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many names that get doubled mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, it's so hard to follow because there are people that have the same names. And then there's also, there's... Times when I'm, we're talking about people we've already talked right, about, but yeah, from a different angle. It's really hard to follow because I'm like, I don't know if these are the same ones that they mentioned before or what, but... I have a feeling right now these are ones that we've already heard. Okay. Because they're talking about them from a different angle. Got it. Got it. Okay. Mikloth was the father of Shemian. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Melchishua, mm-hmm. Abinadab, and Eshbaal. I, I knew, I mean, I so, knew yeah, some of those at see? least, yeah. yeah. Jonathan yeah, was I in love. Jonathan with David. <laughs> yes. Jonathan was the father of Meribbaal. Meribbaal was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Tereah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. Jada was the father of Elimeth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza? Moza was the father of Benaiah. 
Benaiah's son was Rephaia. Rephaia's son was Elisea, or no, Eleasa. Eleasa's son was Azel. Azel had six sons. I'm going to name them off. Ready? I'm ready. Whose names were Azrakam, Bokera, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. The end. Yay, the end. Woo! I don't, I didn't learn a damn thing there. I mean, except for they're returning from exile. They are returning from exile. So there's that. There is that. And there was a little bit of story at the beginning. Mm-hmm. A little bit. We're getting there, guys. I mean, you we know, it's better there. than nothing. It is better we got, than nothing. We gotta take our wins where we can get them. You're right. I apologize. So. We need to celebrate the small victories. That's right. And this was a small victory. Very small victory. Very, very, very the small. tiniest of milestones. Microscopic. Yeah. But, you know, we're there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. We're getting through this Bible, Ho- you guys. Hopefully there's less names next time. Fewer. Fewer names Not less, next time. fewer. You know your wording. Yeah, I don't. You don't word good. I, I, I don't <laughs> word good. You don't name good. I do not name good, y'all. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, that was First Chronicles chapter 9. Sure as fuck was. And tomorrow we'll be back with... First Chronicles chapter 10. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Hey, wife. I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegiousdiscourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 